Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. So Dana and Courtney, I'm so delighted to have you here today. I'm really interested to understand more about what it is you do um, and your entrepreneurial journey. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we are a uh, sister duo yes. uh, in North Carolina. We started our business uh, almost 16 years ago yeah. uh, as event planners with C&D Events. It's our OG business. Mm-hmm. Um, we opened that as a way to do some market research on how to build the most amazing venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that uh, company grew and we hired on and have lots of planners that support. So once it came time to open our venue, the Bradford, it was still a very viable thing. So it continues on. And then um, Hustle and Gather is our personal brand, or we do a lot of um, speaking and consulting in a podcast uh, to inspire other people on their entrepreneurial journey. And then most recently, one of our planners came to us and said she really wanted to start doing luxury events. Um, and we launched Anthem House to move into that luxury event realm. So those are the four businesses and quick snippet of who we are, yeah. what we do. I think, I, I really think the neat thing about our story is that one, we're sisters um, and we did everything together and we still do a lot together. We're very codependent on one another yeah. um, in every way possible. Um, <laughs> but our intention was never for it to be other than just the two of us. Like we just assumed we had planned weddings to be fine. Maybe we had to hire a assistant or two. We just assumed we'd open this venue and then C&D would like go away and we would run this venue, just the two of us. And somewhere, I think year three or four in owning C&D, we recognized that we needed to hire and add people to our team. And it became something that became a really, really true passion of ours was was the team. So when we opened the Bradford, there was ne- there was never a question of us building that team up and us recognizing that like, yes, we own these companies and we have great vision and we manage all that stuff. But really what has made us successful is the backbone of the people that we hire and our team behind us. So that's what we love. And that's kind of like where Hustle and Gather kind of came from was us really encouraging other people to take that leap in entrepreneurship and whatever journey it takes you. Maybe you'll always be a solopreneur. Maybe not, you know. That's incredible. Um, I have a sister and I have to say that having a sister is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and uh, I have a daughter and she's, she's an only child, which I think is kind of mm-hmm. like a crime. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, like having a sister has taught me so much about negotiating and, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. just the, like who has my back. And it's just been, it's just so incredible to have a sister. So I just want to acknowledge mm-hmm. that you guys are family and they're working together and it's amazing. Yeah. I yeah. love the name yeah. hustle and gather. Mm. Oh, thanks. Did that just get born out of like thin air or was there like some, I I felt like it really spoke to who we are. Like it has been a hustle. Mm -hmm. Like when we built the Bradford, we lost a business loan in the middle of it. We had to literally like hustle the shit. Can you say shit on this out of it (laughs) to get it to where it was, you know, like we were the ones that were digging the trees and paying and we figured out how to work a compound miter saw so we could put up the 
crown mold, crown molding that we wanted and whatnot. So it became a real hustle. And we've always been about the community. So it's always been about gathering. It's never just been about us. It's been about our employees and it's been about who, who our clients are and then who our community is. So hustle and gather just kind of like who we are. So that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that for us, like we really just wanted to pay it forward. I feel like when we broke into the industry, it was, we were just kind of met with, um, not open arms, I guess I could say, um, because there just wasn't that community there in this, in the industry where we, where we're in the market, it is so community-based and like the dearest people. And for us, I feel like it's really intimidating, like breaking into an industry. And we just really wanted to be, to encourage that gathering and saying like, yeah, we're hustling hard. And sometimes we're hustling after that same client, but at the end of the day, it's about the community Mm -hmm. that we create. Um, and just really that be more of what our goal is for hustling together. That's beautiful. And it, you know, humans will always gather throughout Mm -hmm. time, every culture we've always gathered. It's usually been around, um, entertainment. sounds like what you guys Mm -hmm. do is a lot of fun, by the way. (laughs) Um, we've always gathered right around commerce, Mm -hmm. around trade, um, marketplaces, you know, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. where you are on the planet it's happening. Um, and during COVID that's really shifted. So how are you guys cultivating community? I mean, your podcast Mm -hmm. for sure, the events, which probably have taken a new form, I would imagine in the last year and a Mm -hmm. half or so, but I'm just curious about when you talk about community, um, what it is that you use to cultivate community and build community? <laughs> That's a great question. I think first off is transparency and it's honesty. I think that no relationship is forged out of lies that is that can sustain anything. And, and I feel like you get, and it's really hard in our culture now because not that social media isn't honest, but social media isn't truthful. It's very much just your highlight reel. It's very much, let me tell you all my successes. And I can show you this beautiful wedding that I've done, right? And I can show you this amazing success I have. But what they didn't see is all the failure that I had leading up to that, maybe in that specific wedding, but maybe even in business. Like the reason why I did so well at this event was because I failed five times before, mm-hmm. but you don't hear about that failure. Mm-hmm. And I felt like for us, like we just felt like, we just felt like an Island. Like we were just alone in this, like, Oh, well, obviously something's wrong with us because we feel this way because we're feeling burnt out or it just felt very isolating and very alone. (laughs) And I feel like community is something like when we started getting transparent when we started being authentic, when we started being real is where that community came in. And so during COVID it was very much like, let's drop all pretenses. I'm calling my planner friend. I'm like, well, going on. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. And, and not that I'm showing my weakness, but I'm showing my, the real, the reality of it. And they in turn are saying like, giving me great advice and also being real and being authentic. And it created such a sense of camaraderie and strength in our community. Um, so that's to me, what's really important to us. It's, it's being authentic. It's being real. It's not sugarcoating things. It's not pretending like something isn't happening, but like, you know, just being real about it. Hmm. I love that. That's so true. And it's actually not very easy to do because mm-hmm. we're also preoccupied with trying to look good and avoid looking bad, but there's really no value in that, is it? It's actually creating right. more separation and yes. um, not inclusive at all. So um, where in North Carolina are you exactly? The Raleigh area. Like right outside. Right nice. Outside. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful place. Yeah. It's really magical over there. It is. It is. <laughs> It really is. Um, and we're right by a lake. So it's, it's great. That's so beautiful. Um, and curious, cause you guys have four businesses you said, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot. yeah. 
Yeah. And how do you, yeah, how do you balance it? Like in terms of like your own self-care, like what, what mm. do you do to recharge and resource yourself? Wow. I'm curious to see how Dana is going to answer this question, but um, <laughs> I personally, <laughs> she needs more of that. Uh, do a lot of yoga. I do a lot of meditation, do a lot of introspect introspection. And I think also like creating that margin, like you have to, like literally you have to, because if it can suck you up. Like I can work eight to six and not feel like I've made a dent in everything that I have to do, you know, every day. So just making sure that you create that margin for yourself and prioritize it, I think is important. And like, just philosophically, like kind of like get down to the nitty gritty of like philosophically, what makes you tick and what kind of business person you are. I know Dana and I have had this conversation in the past where it's like for Dana, uh, a stress-free night is her inbox being low. Like if there's something on her to-do list that she didn't get done, like it is better for her to stop what she's doing, get that thing done to be able to enjoy the evening. Whereas for me, like I need the time and the space, like I need the boundary around it. Like that would just lead to way more burnout because it would lead to way more rabbit trails for me. And I wouldn't be able to put it away. So just knowing what makes you tick, I think is important as well. Really solid advice. I completely agree with that. Um, whether it's your inbox or your, your kitchen sink, you know, that's so, right. Yeah. Oh, I, my kitchen sink is empty now. <laughs> that, that is, that is absolutely. I do not like dishes in my kitchen. Sink. I know. Like I, but can't my inbox, I can have 200 things. I, can't. <laughs> I know I'm the same way. I can have 15,000 emails literally, mm-hmm. but if my kitchen sink is full, like I cannot function in my kitchen. <laughs> Dana can function with like a full kitchen sink overflowing on the counters. And like, I can no emails in her inbox and she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love They're it. They're weird. Yeah. <laughs> so meditation and yoga are key mm-hmm. and knowing what you need mm-hmm. in order to get into that space of clarity. And so you can resource yourself. What about you, Dana? Yeah, I think, um, I, I'm pretty much, I'm much more of a workaholic. I would say I tend to get stuck in, um, in the details. Uh, and I, probably a little more hyperbolic. I would say like Courtney calls me a spaz, which is probably the truth. <laughs> she is such around. a sister thing. I love it. <laughs> but, um, I, I just move like I have a fire in my ass all the time. Like it's just, that's just how I am. And so, um, my self-care, it, it is very much of recognizing when I'm in a, a spiral and, um, asking for help. And, um, And I'm not the best at that, but I have people around me that are the best at seeing that in me. So like Courtney's like, what do you need? I see that you're stressing. And I'm like, this is what I need. And my husband's like, okay, I know you have a really busy two weeks. And he's like, this is what we're going to do. Don't worry about this. I have the kids here or whatever. Like, it's very much like I surround myself around people that help take care of me. And I know that not everyone is as uh, lucky to have that, but that is something that I love to do. But I also um, personally, I give myself like at least 45 minutes when I get home, just, just to be like, just to sit and do nothing. Like whether that's scrolling Instagram, whether that's watching a rerun of friends, whether that is laying in my bed, like closing my eyes for 15 minutes, I, I have to decompress because I don't have a commute really. My commute's like five minutes. So I don't have that time in my car to like kind of decompress, but I have to do that almost every single day in order to like not be mean mommy. And <laughs> I do. That's always like one of the reactions, right? Whenever yes. I'm stressed out, it's like, that's not okay. Like yeah. who is that person? That's I know. not I know. me. <laughs> I know. I know. So are you both married? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you mm-hmm. both have kids? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. that's so great. That's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it also really demanding. And we have, we have, we have five kids between yeah. the two of us. So, yeah. and they're very close together. So I have a 12 year old. She has an 11 year old. I have a 10 year old. She has a nine year old. I have a seven year old. Yeah. So, and that, Such. and that too is like, it's, it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's a, like, it's like a daycare. Like when, we, when their kids are really young, we actually <laughs> had a, a babysitter at the office on our and, salary. And it would be like, they watched all five kids. It was, and we had like a play set. I mean, mm-hmm. it was crazy, but I think, I think what the really neat thing is, is that we were, we were young mom, we are young moms. And so we had kids younger and we have a lot of people in our industry now that are starting to have babies. And, and it's been really amazing. Even that community of people coming to us, like, well, how did you do this? Yeah. Like, how, how did you take your maternity? Like, how did you create this boundary? Like, I don't, and it, it's, it's such a neat opportunity to be on the other side of that, like not having newborn babies, not nursing, you know, yeah, all that stuff and being able to be a source for people to help them get through it. Cause it's really hard. It's really it hard to be an entrepreneur and a, and a new mom. Yeah. Thanks for saying it. It really mm-hmm. is. But your kids now are in this like magic time. I, I look, they I are. look at like seven to 11 is like the magic time. My daughter yeah. is almost 17. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, it was just such a magical, magical time where they're just embodying themselves and they mm-hmm. have these, you know, I don't know about your husbands, but like, at least their moms, you know, they have mm-hmm. like this understanding of what hard work is and what mm-hmm. entrepreneurship means because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. kids of entrepreneurs actually think about life and the world differently. That's my premise at this point. Yeah. Because they, they're not accustomed to the nine to five. They see mommy mm-hmm. working late at night and on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, they don't even know what that's like in terms of like, you know, a kind of, um, I guess bureaucratic, maybe red tape. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to yeah. say it in the right way, but they, they, she just does. My daughter doesn't even, and I don't think about that. My, both my parents were entrepreneurs. My grandparents on mm. all sides were entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, we can't, I can't see any differently, but you guys noticed mm. that about your kids too. They see the world I, a little differently. I so. think that it helps them to realize that they're capable of a lot. Yeah. But also they're one of many. I think mm. all, all of our kids, as egocentric of a time as being a kid is, they understand that they're part of a greater community, right? Mm-hmm. It's they're part of something bigger and it's not always about them. And they have to make sacrifices. We can't make it to every game. We can't make it to every practice. We try, but it's sometimes not possible. And they understand that, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that it's important for kids to realize that it's you're not gonna uh, curtail your life or curate your life around another human being. Mm-hmm. So they don't have that expectation as an adult that someone's right. going to create their life around them. Cause I think that's a really big ped- pedestal to fall when kids yeah. get older and you become an adult, you're like, what? It wasn't all about me. I was pretty sure you told me it was. And I think as children of entrepreneurs, they get that really early on. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's really challenging. Uh, it's been really challenging for me because I came from a family where my mom did everything for me. Mm-hmm. And so when I couldn't do everything for my daughter, it, there was a lot of guilt oh, yeah. for me. And, um, and she holds it against her dad who lives in Europe. Um, and, uh, you know, it just, it's just, it's a really difficult balance to strike. And it's like, we are somewhat the first generation where we actually can own the entrepreneurship, being a mother, being a wife, and then also having your own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are a lot of competing demands and a lot of confusion. You guys don't seem confused at all about it. 
Which is pretty uh, there is some, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the mom guilt is, it is so real. And I, and I think for me where the guilt came in more and where I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting better and it. It's really tied to the be- very beginning stages. We, we were not independently wealthy. We weren't given a trust fund to get started. It was built literally on our backs. And, at you know, like Courtney was talking about hustling, like at the, in the middle of it, we were cashing out 401ks, you're putting stuff on credit cards, I mean, terrible financial decisions, terrible, terrible. Don't do that. Anybody that's not worth that, but, um, it was really hard. And so I feel like in the middle of it, I was stressed out. I was working 80 hours a week. I wasn't seeing my children, but I wasn't making any money either. I was stressed about the bottom line and not making that profit. And so I had an insane amount of guilt that like, I'm not even providing a financially secure life for my children. Right. And, and I, and I can't even, I can't even be there. Like, I remember I was there when my daughter, who's my oldest lost her first tooth and I was on the way to a wedding. And I just sobbed and cried. And my husband's like, she has like 20 other teeth. She's going to lose. <laughs> I'm like, but it's her first one. And I missed it. And I'm at this wedding and I'm not even like really getting paid for this. He's just going back to the business. And there was just a lot of that. And like, now, like where we see like the fruits of our labor are actually paying out. You're like, okay, you, it's worth it. But you forget how hard it was back there and how much guilt there really is associated with, with being not there all the time, not present and not, you know, this mom that you thought you were going to be, that's cool, calm, collected and always put together. And, you know, who's like, I never thought I was going to be that way. I mean, I thought it was going to be that way. Like, I thought that was going to be me. And I'm like, not that way at all. (laughs) I really appreciate your honesty because the women who are listening to this right now can relate. And, uh, and, and uh, I think the women also in the audience are not romanticizing anymore about entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. but if you've had any advice for them um, along the way, what might it be? Mm. Like, are you saying for moms in general who are entrepreneurs? Yeah, moms who are entrepreneurs and uh, women who are being bold enough to be mm. entrepreneurs and, and lead audaciously. Yeah, I mean, I kudos to you, mm-hmm. period. Um, sometimes I think you just got to drown it out. Like, mm-hmm. I think that you uh, got to put your blinders on. You can't look at the side, like what other moms are doing or other entrepreneurs and be true to you. Um, I'm a very instinctual person. So like, I trust my gut and a lot of things. And there was, even though there was things that I was missing being a mom, like as Dana was expressing, I knew that, especially for my daughter, like what I was showing my daughter was going to be infinitely more service to her in her future life than being that mom that was there when her tooth fell out of her head. You know what I mean? Like she sees that if you want something, you can get something. She sees that there isn't a gender conformity. You don't have to fall into this gender role. Like she sees that every opportunity is available to her. Mm-hmm. She sees that me as a woman, it's important to me. We, we travel often together and speak places or whatnot, that that time's equally as important as the time I spend with her, right? That she sees that she's 20% of our 100% equation and she's okay with that. And so I think that what we're teaching is that we're humans. We're not just moms and I'm not just entrepreneur, but I'm very multifaceted and they see all that. Mm -hmm. They see all of that. And, uh, I think that it serves them well. I really do. So don't, don't give in to like what the person's doing beside you. Don't look at it. That's their life. That's their journey. It's not your journey. And what you're doing is going to be valuable. Mm, Brilliant. Love it. Uh, for me, I, I, love this. This actually came from a friend of ours. She wrote a book called permission granted, and she uses this phrase, take up your space. 
<laughs> and I, it really resonated with me. And we had interviewed her early on in 2020 or 2021. And, um, and it just really hit home how much, how much I make myself feel make myself smaller. Like I don't let my emotions, I don't trust my emotions. I don't trust how I feel because there's, I mean, obviously things in the past, people tell me I'm too much or I feel too much or they're not valid and whatnot. And so I always struggled with taking up my space and owning who I am and what I am and what I believe and what I think is right. And, um, and operating in that place of, of confidence And so I, it's something I've been working hard really on this year, but it's something I, whenever I talk to a new mom and they say something, they're like, I'm just crazy. I'm like, you are not crazy. Your feelings are valid. You are valid. in the fact that you feel this way, like, like feel those emotions, lean into those emotions, let them like, let them fill you up, process them and then let it go. Like, let it take up your space for that moment. Like, don't push it away. Don't make yourself smaller. Don't minimize what you're going through. I mean, there's so many times you'll say, people say, how do you do it? And I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's great. Like we're, we're like, it's, we're just doing it. But there's times I'm like, dude, I don't know how I'm doing it. Cause I'm not sleeping and it freaking sucks right now. Like I'm like stuck in the weeds. I can't get out of it. And you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be dishonest about that. Like I need to live in that moment of like tension because when you're in that moment of tension, something amazing always comes out of it. That's so So. true. Especially if you can accept it, like you're saying Mm -hmm. and let it take up space. And I think where a lot of us um, falter is we start identifying with it and then we Mm -hmm. hook into the story and then we become a victim around it. Right. Um, And there's this like really fine line that you're so beautifully describing where the totality of it is where the wisdom lies. Mm -hmm. And it's that it's exactly that, that has that velocity that Mm -hmm. moves you through and out onto the other Mm -hmm. side. Um, But I think that's really important because some of us just like go down that rabbit hole and we stay stuck. And that is just a drag for everyone. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's been such a delight. This time has flown by. It Um, has. How can our listeners learn more about your podcast, uh, about your work, um, hire you for speaking engagements? Like where, where should they go? What should they do? Yeah. So if you um, go to uh, www.hustleandgather.com, it will link you to the podcast speaking. Um, If you want to see all of our businesses, go to www.candeventscom. It has everything that we do linked on the bottom of that page. Excellent. Thank you so, so much for your time. And I hope our listeners, I hope all of you got some gems out of this. I know I did. And um, yeah, yeah. see you soon. Thanks. They're wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, 
To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me. Thank you.